If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Game Time Guru podcast. I'm Shane Larson, your host, and today we have an interview with a professional basketball player. He's a local legend who played for Boise State University, but he's not from Boise. So we're going to learn about his journey to Boise as well as his journey afterwards. He's played professionally overseas for over the last 10 years, and you're going to love to hear what he's got to say about playing overseas. It's a whole different game than the NBA. So I can't wait for you guys to check it out. We've got Mr. Reggie Larry joining us on the Game Time Guru. So buckle up. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Like I said, we've got Reggie Larry joining us on the on the phone today. But before we get to the interview, he's going to share some awesome, awesome stories with us so that we can, you know, become more educated when it comes to, you know, basketball and playing overseas. Before we get started, I want to talk to you about this link that's in my bio. It's going to take you to a website called 30days.com. This is specifically for any of my listeners and followers that have their own side hustles or have their own businesses that they're running and they want to be more successful with them. 30days.com is going to, you know, if you go in there and you purchase the, you know, the product, you're going to get a book and then access to a members area. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm not a huge reader. I usually read sports books, but this is one of the most legit books I've ever read. There's interviews with some of the most successful people who were able to make a million dollars with one sales funnel. And they're going to tell you what they would do if they had to start from ground zero with nothing, like nothing at all. And they had to start over and they had 30 days to make a successful business. And they're going to go through what they would do. And they give you a plan, like a 30 day plan for each one of them. There's tons of different people that might be, you know, part of your niche, you know, your expertise. So it's worth taking a look at. I would check that out. Click that link that's in my bio. And uh, I think you guys would, would really like it. So check it out. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. But that link's in there and it should take you to the information if you want more information on it, just hit me up and I can explain it to you then. It's one of the sickest books I've ever read. It's going to give you a ton of information for business. So I just want to throw that out here on this platform uh, for you guys to hear about it. Now, like I said, we've got Reggie Larry. We're going to switch gears here from talking the business talk. Now we're going to talk about some basketball, what this sports podcast is all about. And that's hearing people's journeys and their stories. And I'm from Boise, graduated from Boise State. I've been watching Boise State basketball for quite some time. I know the name Reggie Larry, and a lot of my listeners from the Valley know Reggie Larry, but if you don't know Reggie Larry, you're going to get to know him right now. Reggie, thanks so much for joining us today on the Game Time Guru. No problem, man. Thanks for uh, contacting me about this. It's pretty cool to be able to do something like this. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. I always love having people like yourself on the show. If I can get a local legend on, I mean, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on here. So thank you so much again. And let's get a, a little bit of a rundown of your background, Reggie, if you could explain where you're from and basically your background in basketball, please. I, I played almost every sport growing up. But once I got to high school, I pretty started taking much uh, basketball pretty serious. I played football and baseball through fifth and eighth grade and middle school almost. But once I got to high school, I really turned into basketball. But I also played golf for four years in uh, high school as well here in North New Jersey at uh, Barringer High School. So my second sport is pretty golf, too. So I like to play golf. But now basketball started off here in North New Jersey uh, at Barringer High School. And um, from there, 
I was uh, trying to figure out which way I wanted to take as far as going to college, and um, I went to this basketball scouting service that had the top New Jersey seniors do a showcase, and uh, it's all type of schools, Division One schools and Division Two, II, three junior colleges, and sort of that nature uh, was all at the course. And um, my my coach, uh, Gib Arnold, was at the head coach at CSI in Twin Falls, Idaho, and asked me to uh, come out there and see the school and take a recruit trip out there. So I went out there, and next thing you know, I was going to junior college at uh, College of Southern Idaho. Man, that's quite a bit different, though. I mean, Twin Falls is about two hours away from Boise. I wonder, for you, was there a bit of a culture shock coming out to Twin Falls, Idaho, compared to where you were from? Yeah, it was a major culture shock to me because, you know, I'm from the East and it's a bigger, like, louder environment and, and going to CSI and being a small town like uh, Twin Falls, it was just a, a big difference from from the people. It was more quieter. And, but I liked it at the same time. It was something I'd never seen before. I'd adapt to growing up here in North New Jersey. You know, I thought it was this was the only way of life out there. And I went to a place that was more quiet and more safer and everything. You really get to see how... Uh, just like to be completely different than the opposite of what you know. You say growing up in Newark, you know, every run of violence and, and things that people would usually get themselves into out here. You kind of, if you grow up around it, it kind of becomes your norm. So to get to CSI and go to Twin Falls, Falls Idaho, and, and really see that I could really just focus on school and basketball, I felt like it was what I was needed. So I was up for the challenge to be able to face that, that brand new adversity and culture change. Nice. And CSI, the College of Southern Idaho, it's a small school, but it's a very, very good school for basketball. They win a lot of national championships, or they're at least in the running for it. And you were a, you were a part of that. You were a part of one, of one of the better basketball programs for junior colleges. But you made the transfer after you were done at CSI, and you went over to Boise State. But to my understanding, you were the second player in CSI history to, to transfer to Boise State. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I was the second transfer to ever go there, and I was the first within like the last like 23 years or so to to go back to uh, to Boise from CSI because they were it was hard for them to even get those recruits down there and those guys, so they weren't even recruiting at that time. So when I signed there, I kind of broke the barrier of a, a CSI guy going to Boise State. Were you familiar with Boise, the city of Boise, I should say, um, or was that kind of like your first time going to? the capital of Idaho. I mean, because you were in Twin Falls for a couple of years, and that's two two hours away from Boise. But I was just wondering if that was your first experience with Boise or if you were already familiar, had you made a few trips there prior to that? No, I started to become familiar with the school a little bit, basically because it was the, the biggest university in the, in the state and only about an hour and 45 minutes away. But also, I, I saw a couple of games they had on ESPN on the late night uh, Wednesdays at that time for the WAC, uh, WAC conference. So I was able to see a few games in my dorm room down to Twin too. So I started to know about him, and then also knowing that uh, Kobe Carr was there as well. He was a, a son of an NBA coach and uh, a future uh, NBA prospect as well. So I thought it was a little good exposure to be out there, but also to kind of feel like I was feeling like I was kind of home in a sense, and I was already an idol for two years. So I didn't think the change would be that bad to just continue playing basketball out there. For sure. And uh, before we get to the Boise State talk, uh, I definitely want to hear more about that because I'm a Boise State alum, lifelong fan, everything like that. I've been following you guys for a long time. I want to know about your, your favorite memory at CSI, at that junior college 
in Twin Falls, Idaho, College of Southern Idaho. What was your favorite memory as a basketball player? On that team, it was probably winning the the, the swag tournament to go to Hutch. Hutch is the national tournament that's played every year in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. And you have to win your, your region each year in your conference region to go to the national championship. And I remember we were probably like down about like five with like two minutes and the big sequence just changed around. We turned the game around. We ended up winning that game. So, and to do it as sophomores was even more cooler because when you're at a junior college, you know, sophomore is kind of like your senior night or your senior season and stuff. And to play on the team the year before and losing the final four of the national tournament and see eight, nine players from that team go on to be division one. And then the next year with it feeling like it's our team now with the four seniors that we had, to accomplish it also, it kind of meant a lot. So probably before getting to Boise, yeah, I'll say winning the the conference tournament my sophomore year to go to Hutch would be the proudest one at CSI. That's awesome, man. And then you get to Boise State to finish out your college career, and you have a pretty successful career. In fact, you go to the NCAA tournament. I want to know about your Boise State career and what that was like playing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was, it was great because – that, that senior team that I played for was really special because we worked hard our whole summer that year. No one went home. We all stayed in Boise throughout the summer and trained with our strength coach and uh, just stayed out in Boise and prepared to try to have a great year. And the way that we just played out and the way we were so familiar with each other just really turned into a brotherhood and family thing. And we were just able to take care of things, how the season went, and face adversity. We, I remember losing to uh, New Mexico State twice that year. And then to still even have to play those guys in a tournament and play them in a championship game to go to the uh, March Madness in their gym. And then it turned out to be a triple, time, a triple overtime game. It was just crazy, but we kept our heads up the whole year. Knowing that we lost to those guys twice already and didn't care, and we just all went out there as one, and that team was really special. And I see it's, t- it's been ten years since we played uh, there and everything, and that our records and team records and stuff are still standing. So that was a really good moment and good year. 2008. Yeah, man, the 2008 season was legit. I left for Brazil in January 2008. So two months later, you guys make the national, sorry, the NCAA tournament. And I'm sitting there so frustrated because I waited my whole life for that. We had some close runs a couple of times, Roberto Bergeson's, you know, glory days. And then a few years later with like Brian DeFerris and all them. And we were waiting for that to happen, but it never did. And uh, you guys had such a solid squad, though. I was happy for you guys. I've been watching you all season before I left to Brazil, but I was just bummed that I didn't get to see it. But um, when you said AT, that's Anthony Thomas, right, AT? Yeah, AT, Anthony Thomas, yeah. Man, I, I just remember Anthony Thomas. I played with him at a, an open gym once. And I just remember him being just having crazy hops for being a short guy. He's just like a little muscle hamster type dude. And he could fly, man. That's funny. AT, that's my best. He, he done turned out to be my best friend, man. I was uh, I was at his wedding last summer in Dallas, Texas. Oh, no way. That's awesome, contact. man. Yeah, he's someone I keep in contact with still to this day. Spoke to him earlier today as well. He's my best friend now, man. And we became more cool after college more than so than – uh, playing on the court and everything those years. He was my uh, my recruiter when I when I came to visit. He was my host and everything. So we were cool, but we became even cooler after school and after the ball was finished. It's really cool, man. You got to meet a lifelong friend through sports. It's pretty dope, actually. And what would you say, Reggie, would be the biggest thing that you learned during your time at Boise State? I mean, you got to play 
in the NCAA tournament, playing some pretty big games on big stages. Is there anything that you would say is like the biggest thing you learned during your time playing at Boise State University? Yeah, I think I learned from playing on that stage and just going to college and playing on the top level. Like, it's just great basketball everywhere. There's great talent everywhere. And it doesn't matter what conference you're playing in or who you're playing against, you know. Just playing the game and, and working hard and developing and getting better is 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 the key to me. It doesn't matter if I was in the ACC and everything. Because once I finished my ball at Boise State and I was going to camps and trying to prepare for draft and being around all those guys you see on TV and everything, you notice that they just breathe, they breathe the same as you. They play the game the same as you. It's just uh, just names or schools they went to. You got to deal with the with the analytics of the game and how everything else goes and stuff. But those guys are just just ball players. We're all ball players at the end of the day. So I, I learned that it didn't matter. Like, and that was another reason why I went to Boise State because I felt as though like being as successful we were as a team at CSI, I thought that I would continue my success in playing basketball no matter where I went. You know, and, but it was great to to know I was going to a school that was in the state of Idaho already and playing with Kobe Carl, like I said, who then went on to play in the NBA and now was a head coach in the NBA G League and, and things of that nature. So I uh, I have no regrets in why I went to Boise State and still to this day, like I still live out there. My my brother lives out there now too and everything. So I'm just home like currently in New Jersey because it's where I'm from and where I grew up in. So when I'm not playing ball overseas, I just go home to to, uh, to the East Coast to visit my family. But home is still in Boise. It's been like that since I came out there in 2004. For sure. Now, Reggie, when you left college, you went to play overseas. And I've had a podcast before where we talked about, you know, the the difficulties with keeping our best players stateside. Like we, we only have a select number of spots open for our you know, NBA, and then obviously the G League had its flaws um, and, and its and its limits when it came to finances. So people would go overseas, and that's a whole other aspect to professional basketball. And you've had a lot of experience. So, what was the first step that you took after you know graduating from Boise State? What happened next? My my first step after college, I um I signed with a, a good basketball agency. It was called ASM at the time. They were a really good agency and had players producing and getting ready for the draft and things of that nature and a good base of uh, players and teams that were overseas. So I signed with those guys and they uh, moved me out to Las Vegas uh, about in June, as soon as school was over, to uh, start training for the NBA draft because I was, I was giving a few NBA workouts uh, right after the season was over. I worked out with the Golden State Warriors twice and the Denver Nuggets once, and that was courtesy of knowing George Carl after playing with Kobe, his son. So the Boise State had a little connection with the Denver Nuggets that time. So I was able to get a workout with those guys. Uh, the draft came. I didn't get drafted, but the Golden State Warriors liked the two workouts that I did with them. And um, I actually played on their summer league team. And I played on the summer league team in 2008 with the Golden State Warriors. After the uh, that was done, I signed my first contract and played within uh, Cyprus in the Middle East for my first year. It went pretty well. So Cyprus, huh? That's awesome. Um, what was the contract like over there? Did you guys have guaranteed contracts? Was it a one-year deal? What was the living like playing for a team in the Middle East? Well, I, I signed a two-year deal, but most deals are normally one-year deals with teams. And you mostly want to sign one-year deals with teams because every country, which I didn't know, Almost every country 
has a professional basketball league. So most people sign one-year deals because maybe they can outplay their stats or another team in the league with more money might want to hire them or another team in another country might be interested in them as well. So it's always usually yearly deals. Sometimes there are two- to three-year deals. But for the most part, it's it's usually one-year deals. Yeah, I didn't know much about basketball abroad as I was preparing in college to be a basketball player and hopefully continue on. I started to learn more as it was almost coming around that time to actually know there were basketball in almost every country you can name. For sure. And the money that you make staying on the conversation of contracts, you don't have to give figures, but we've talked to other people that have played overseas for not only basketball, but hockey as well. Is the money guaranteed? Essentially, like if you make 100K, you pocket 100K. What is it like? Is that true? Is that an accurate statement? Yeah. For some places are, are like that. Where certain countries like in Brazil, where I just came from, the team had to pay a country tax because you're, uh, you're basically being paid as labor in those countries. So some some countries will will be tax free. The team will just pay the tax for you. So whatever your contract is, you will still get what you're set on the contract. But the team is actually paying taxes. Ah, nice. Okay, okay. And can you name all the teams you've played for, all the countries you've played for since you graduated from college? Yeah, I, I can name every place I've I've played in since I um since I've been playing, and I definitely have my favorites. Right on, man. Okay, so let's share the share the knowledge here. Who are the countries and who are your favorites? Okay, I started in Cyprus, which was in Middle East, went from Cyprus to Idaho and played in the G League with the Idaho Stampede. When I finished, when I left there, the next year I played in France. From France, I went to Southeast Asia and played in a, a country, a small country called Brunei. It was a, like an Asian basketball league. It was the first year of the league, but there were teams all over Asia. It was teams in Thailand, teams in in, uh, in Bangkok, teams in Singapore, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Philippines, everywhere. Mostly all over uh, Southeast Asia and played there. Once I finished that season, I ended up playing in the Philippines, which is my seventh, my second best place ever. The Philippines was amazing. I love playing out there. Uh, I left the Philippines, played in Barcelona, Spain, which is my absolute most favorite, best country ever. That's the best place I've ever been. It was Barcelona, Spain. And then I came back to Idaho and played with the Idaho Stampede again for a full year. And left that next year and played in Reno. And after Reno, I've been in South America for the past five years. Stops in Panama, Mexico, Venezuela, Argentina, and Chile. My goodness, man. That's a lot of countries to be playing for. Do you think you're going to continue the, your career as a player right now? Like, How's your body feeling for you, Reggie? Well, my my body is starting to feel a way it's never felt before. I don't know why, but I really, I, of course I know why. I'm 31 now. I feel good. But at the same time, some days after practice, I feel like I want to stop now. But... I want to try to give it at least until I'm about 35. So 35 sounds like three, four more years. But at the state of my body and my legs and knees are sitting down, it really might be one more year. But I think I'm a, I don't think, I don't see myself retiring. I see myself more as just when the call doesn't come in no more, I, I get the hint of what time it is, you know. And I'm just going to write it out until I don't receive a phone call anymore. Man, I respect that. You just keep keep going. You keep grinding until the road ends, I, I guess. 
And with uh, your contracts and with your teams you're playing for, do you get to have any say in that? Or is it basically, you know, the agent talks to some teams, makes a phone call and lets you know? Or do you actually get to kind of pick and choose like a free agent in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I let it go. I go with the flow for the most part. And like the agency that I work with and the agent that I have is a really good agent. It's based in Latin America. Like I said, I've been in Latin America in the last four or five seasons in about seven countries. So my name is, I have a good brand down there. So my agent is able, with with most of the season starting late August, early September, October-ish, uh, my agent just handles everything. And if those guys know what they want to do with their team in their leagues and he's presenting me here and there, he shapes it up and knows what he can um, present me when it's time or when the deadlines start to come. And, you know, playing with coaches that move on and playing other places as well or just knowing I have good uh, a good base and a good bridge with teams in certain countries. Yeah, I know that um, I have, like, a few options, basically most of the, um, most summers around end of August. So it's just up to me to decide which, I, which one I want to do around those times coming and how my body's feeling from doing all of the recovery and working out throughout the summer. For sure. And we want to know something, Reggie. You've played on both sides of the professional scale. You've played for the D League at the time, and you've played overseas. Do you prefer one over the other? Because I know the game itself is pretty much the same. There's some minor differences with, you know, the size of the ball, maybe the, the line for, like, the three-point distance is a little bit different. I don't know. There's little, you know, changes here and there. But since you've been able to play on both sides of the professional scale, both here, stateside, and overseas, what do you prefer? Honestly, probably G League. Nobody wants to be away from home, you know. And it's good venues. The basketball is good. You know, it's NBA rules. The players are great. You got guys getting called down or guys getting called up, you know. So I would probably say the G League for sure. But basketball abroad is great too, man. You get to learn to see these different cultures and, and learn languages and just see the world and still get to play basketball and wake up and do something that you like to do for a living for fun. And I, and through, well, probably until a year or so, um, everything abroad was, was uh, being presented more and paid more than the, uh, playing out here as well, unless you were in the NBA. So I think the G League has boosted up their salaries lately. So now it is uh, allowing kids to stay home more and not have to play abroad, you know, so... That was our thing. That was only our problem. It was either we were right there on the radar getting called up to play at, in the D League at that time or to just go abroad because, you know, we were making a, a lot more money there. But, yeah, of course, I would love to play here in the D League in any city in the United States because it would be cool to just see different states out here as well. For sure. I think the G League obviously has made some improvements. We've had a discussion about that just recently on the show. Like the two-way contracts are huge. It's given these players more opportunities to stay stateside and play at a high level with, with good competition. I had Jordan Brady, head coach of the Wisconsin Herd, on the show just a few weeks back. And he talked about the you know the Wisconsin Herd and that whole program. And he also had a lot to say about the G League. Maybe you should get in touch with him. Jordan was my teammate in the Stampede, and we, I actually played against him in college when he was at Utah Valley. No way. That's so crazy. Yeah, we were teammates uh, with the Stampede for one year. He came late. And yeah, he finished like the last two months with us. What a small world. That's so crazy. Last question for you, Reggie. It's regarding Brazil, because I told you I lived there for two years. I've got a lot of listeners from Brazil because I've made a lot of friends down there. 
I want to know about the quality of basketball. We all know about soccer and sometimes volleyball in Brazil, but soccer is their main sport. But what's the quality of basketball like down there? It's great because Brazil is is huge, first of all, with the population that they have there. But, yeah, soccer is, is of course, the number one sport out there. But uh, so, uh, basketball is, is, like, right behind it because – Brazil, Brazil is pretty much like the best uh, team in South America as far as basketball-wise and Olympic-wise. And, you know, they compete with Argentina here and there. But Brazil has a gang of basketball players that's currently in the NBA right now. You know, and, and most of those guys who are not in the NBA, the rest of those guys that's on their national team are playing in the top league in Brazil also. So Brazil basketball is really good. It's amazing. I was surprised by it. But not surprised when I know like guys like Nene and those guys are in the NBA playing and stuff, you know. So I was a little familiar with like uh, Barbosa and and uh, Varejao playing uh, in the, in the NBA and also being from Brazil too. Uh, it's up with only with them in uh, Argentina, who's the best player, the best teams out there. But Brazil is great when it comes to basketball, and they do really good with their league too. That's awesome, man. I, I had a couple of friends that I met down there that actually played professionally for the NBB, um, the National Basketball of Brazil or something like that. So that's like their main league. But um, they were talking about the quality. There's some good There's some good players that come out of Brazil. You just don't hear about them. There's, there's a lot of good players overseas everywhere, but you just don't hear about them because they're not here in the States. But yeah, there was some good talent down there. So that's why I wanted to ask. Again, Reggie, I, I want to say thank you. It was awesome talking with you. It's always great talking to the local guys that you know have made their mark here in the Treasure Valley. So I appreciate it, and I wish you the best going forward with everything you got going on. If you continue to play until the, you know the phone calls stop, as you say, but yeah, I just I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule to talk with us. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, it's cool to do this anytime. You got my number. We keep in contact now. How we did and do it again sure thing man appreciate it and the listeners out there i know you guys love this interview it's always a, a pleasure to bring someone on and hear about their story their journey you know you see them playing at the professional level and sometimes we think they just they got there off of their their talent level alone but we don't see the journey behind it and the work that goes on behind it reggie had to go through you know the juco ranks and then played for boise state which is a relatively small school compared to some of the other big names and then he still made it and he's made a really successful career out of playing basketball and he's played overseas and he shows you that there is opportunities there, there's an opportunity that's awaiting even if it's overseas and he's got to learn a lot um, during his days playing he's got to go to a lot of different countries learn different things from different people and uh, that's that's life lessons that will that sports can take you through and you can learn a lot of things that way again if you want to check out that 30days.com check it out uh, hit the link that's in my my description down here below if you want to learn about how you can build your business up I definitely think that anybody who's into business or wants to make some side money but doesn't know where to start uh, should check this out check it out guys appreciate you listening and you know the drill we'll talk to you next week Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.